0: Good morning, everybody. It's good to be back in the house of God this morning. Uh, we've got some new faces who are here today. If you, this is your first time here, thank you so much. You could have been any place else on the planet, but you chose to be right here with us today. And uh, so we want you to make yourself at home and uh, just kick back and, and receive whatever God may have in store for you. Uh, we're about to get into the Word. Anytime you get into the Word, you're going to receive something. I guarantee you that. Uh, but but uh, we just are, are thrilled uh, thrilled that you would be here with us. And uh, to all of our faithful folk who are here week in and week out, thank you. We're thrilled that you're here, too. Uh, uh, you're, you're just as so special. So, uh, look look at your neighbor and say, you look all right today. That may be the only compliment you've gotten in a week. So. <laughs> <laughs> See, look at that. You start speaking love into people's lives, man. you Big old smile gets on your face. Some of y'all came in here looking like you've been baptized in pickle juice, so we had to kind of change that a little bit. Uh, we're we're going to be talking about restoration again this week. We're, we're part two of our restoration series. Uh, if you missed last week, it's okay. Uh, um, you'll, you'll be able to kind of pick up where we're at right now. Uh, matter of fact, you can go out on the uh, podcast if you go to uh click on services, click on podcast, there's a link you can hear last week's. Message if you need to, if you want to catch up with it. Uh, But this week we're going to be talking about the restored soul. The restored soul. I am so thankful because we have a God who is in the restoration business. Uh, we all need to be restored in some way or another, some of us for some, some pretty deep wounds, some of us just because we just need to be refreshed. Life has a way of draining us. Uh, so no, no matter where you are on that scale, whether it's things that you need to overcome from your childhood, God's powerful enough that he can help you overcome that and just get beyond that. If it's just a matter that you've, you've just been worn out because we came through the Christmas season and uh, you, you fell into that vortex, <laughs> you know, uh, you can you can be replenished as well. Uh, Carrie and I were chatting before service, and she, she made a statement I thought was really good. She said, it doesn't matter how fancy of a car you got, at some point or another, it's going to run out of gas. You've got to put some gas back in it. Uh, so all of us at some point have to be restored, and God is in the restoration business, and he's good at it. He's, he's the master at it. Uh, Revelation, the book of Revelation says, and he who sits on the throne says, behold. That's a fancy word for look. He said, look, I'm making everything brand new. 2 Corinthians says, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things are being made new. I'm restoring all things. So if you are in Christ this morning, hey, you're brand new. You're a new creature. You can actually start living a new life, doing some new things, thinking some new thoughts. So uh, we're going to get into more of the word today. I'm actually going to read from uh, Psalm chapter 23. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Otherwise, as I say, you can uh, follow along the Sunday morning karaoke that we, we have going on up here. Um, so we're going to take a walk. For the next few moments, I want you to take a walk with me, so to speak. We're going to kind of meander through this psalm a little bit. You're going to get a chance to see inside the odd mind of Dave and and how my brain processes the Word of God when I read it and and... Uh, why I see some things the way I see it or how God has to take me through some crazy, it's, it's like the Ruse Goldberg crazy straw, y'all, y'all remember crazy straws, that's kind of the, the path God has to travel with me <laughs> to get me to a, a particular spot where I go, oh, that's what you're trying to do with me. So you're going you're gonna to go on my crazy straw journey today, Are y'all ready for it? We're going to cover a little bit of, uh, quite a bit of ground, but we're going to condense it. So if you're a note taker, awesome, take some notes, or if you want, need to, go back and listen to the, the blog, podcast later on this week when it, uh, when it gets um, uh, posted. But um, just so that you understand, the Bible is uh, the way that I've, as, ever since I was a child, the way that I've seen the Bible is it's, it's this incredible picture book. You guys remember when you are kids that you, you had picture books? And, and so when it started clicking with me that the Bible is full of pictures, it, all of a sudden, as, even as a child, I, was, I thought, I can understand this because I'm a very visual learner. Uh, if you're just going to hand me uh, a manual with words, uh, well, it's pretty laborious for me. But, but if I can have a picture to kind of go along with the words, and I go, oh, okay, I see what it's going That's That's how my brain operates. And so the Bible is so full of uh, the power of metaphors. You know, for instance, if I was going to say, you know, if, if I wanted to say, you know, d- describe to you how Howard is, and so I'm, I'm going to make some kind of odd metaphor. Howard is like a tractor trailer. Well, what am I saying? I'm saying if, if you can go check out a tra- tractor trailer, start identifying some qualities about it and some applications for it, and, and uh, then you'll actually get a chance to kind of understand who Howard is. Now, I have no idea if he's like a tractor trailer or not. That's just a random, a random thing thrown out there. Uh, so, so and, and it came alive to me when I, was a, when I was a child. See, I've been around church long enough. Some of y'all have been around church long enough. You remember back in the days when you went to church and everyone was brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so. Anyone remember all that? And it was a, it was a term of, of respect and endearment. Uh, and there's still churches like that, so I'm not putting it down or anything. But, but uh, the Scott family attended the church. And the mom, Sister Scott, was my Sunday school teacher from the time I was about five to probably seven or eight years old. And, and man, they had, she used high technology to teach, right? She used flannel board. Anyone remember flannel board? In Sunday school, you would take uh, a, a piece of, a small piece of plywood and, and stretch some flannel across it and staple it in the back. And then the curriculum would have these little pop-outs Uh, almost like paper dolls but but all the bible characters you could cut them out or pop them out of the teacher's manual and then when she's teaching the sunday school lesson man she would pop those things up on and they would stick on that flannel board and blow my mind like static electricity had it just stick in there you know forget all these flat screens and and powerpoint presentations we got today man flannel board that's where it was and then sister scott she ramped it up a notch. She had her husband build her a small sandbox, put some sand in there, some adobe houses and some some palm trees and some uh, 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 camels and, and all these little zoo animals that, that you would maybe find in the Middle East. And then she would put those figures in that sand. So she even just... Took it a step further and made it very three-dimensional. Man, that just blew. All of a sudden, these Bible stories came to life for me. Why? Because they were pictures and images, and I could start identifying with the visuals of it. So we're going we're to talk about some pictures today. Is that all right? We're going to talk about some pictures. So let's, let's go ahead and go to the, what theologians call as the crown jewel of all Bible poetry, Psalm 23. And we're just going to look at the first three verses today, but we're going to break it down. So y'all ready to meander with me a little bit? Here we go. Becca's ready. Thank you, Becca. The Lord is my shepherd. All right, let's stop right there. We already got a picture. We already got a comparison going on. Now, what we're going to be doing with this, let me mind you, we're going we're gonna to walk through a very simple process that God does when he's restoring us and how he gets us there. So, so just bear with me as we kind of stop, and, and we're going to squirrel a little bit. You all know what I mean? Yeah, when you're walking along and all of a sudden your attention goes squirrel. All right. But we're we'll stay on Psalm 23 path. Trust me, we're we're gonna get there. Tell your neighbor we're going somewhere. Go ahead and tell the other neighbor you're going somewhere. All right, good, good, good. Some of a little more of y'all did that. The Lord is my. Shepherd. There you go. Y'all can talk with me today. The Lord is my shepherd. So we're comparing God to a shepherd, which means that if I can start understanding a shepherd, I can understand his relationship with me and my relationship with him. So if I'm saying that he is my shepherd, then therefore that would denote that I am his sheep. Yeah, there you go. Y'all are getting it. He is my shepherd, I'm his sheep. So if I can understand qualities of a shepherd, qualities of a sheep, I can kind of understand what's going on between me and God and how he wants to restore me, how he wants to restore my soul. So the Lord's my shepherd. I'm his sheep. And says, I shall not want. I shall not want what? Anything. Nothing? I'm not going to want for anything. That's good. Now, how about this? I shall not want another shepherd. The Lord's my shepherd, God's my shepherd, I'm a sheep, and guess what, I don't want any other shepherd, because everything I need, I can find in him, all peace that I need, all restoration, all comfort, all security, I can find in him, because he gives me that kind of security, okay? Now, we're going we're gonna to leave Psalm 23 over here by the guitar amp for a second, so uh, Chris, don't let me forget where I left Psalm 23, because we got to get back to it. So, so let's, let's kind of uh, break open this whole thought of a metaphor a little bit more. Uh, Psalm 1, let's, let's just do a quick lesson on this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the Lord, the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates day and night. Let's stop there. So, so what, what, what the Word is saying is a man is blessed if he ignores all this mess, all this garbage, but he learns to delight in the law of the Lord, or the Word of God, and he's going to meditate Day and night on this word. He's going to be blessed. So, a matter of fact, he's going to be so blessed, he's going to be like, oh, here we go. we got another picture again, right? Another, another metaphor. He's going to be like a tree. Like a tree. Now, is he a tree or is he a man? He's a man, right? Everyone still with me? He's going to be like a tree. Is he going to be like any tree? Like a mesquite out in the middle of a field? No, 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 no. He's going to be like a tree. Planet by the rivers of water. So if I can understand qualities about a tree, I can understand how this blessed man is going to be. And he's going to be like a tree planted by rivers of water. So since we're painting pictures here, there's something else that is compared to water quite often in the Bible. Anyone take a guess? Someone? Spirit. Someone says spirit. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of Spirit, The Holy Spirit Jesus said out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water out of the most innermost being of yourself will flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit the Bible says so spirit matter of fact the first time we see the Holy Spirit in Genesis it says that he was hovering above the waters. Why? Because the Spirit identifies so much with water. Why? Because water goes to the lowest point. It always runs to the lowest part of the ground. That's what the Holy Spirit does in our life. It gets to the lowest cracks, the lowest crevices. The lo- it will the Holy Spirit will meet you at the very lowest point of your life. And it flows. You can put things to obstruct water. Water finds a way to get through. Water finds a way to get around. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, he'll find a way to get through and to reach you no matter where you are. The Holy Spirit loves identifying with water. So this man will be like a tree, and he's blessed. Why? Because he's ignored all this mess. He loves the law of God. He meditates on it day and night. He's going to be like a tree that's planted by a constant river of spirit. So that means that anytime he's thirsty, he just he's tapping in. He's got a constant source of supply, a constant source of, of his needs being met. Okay? As a matter of fact, he's going to bring forth fruit in its own season, and his leaf is not going to wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Well, fruit is indicative of, of uh, reproduction. So you're going to be able to duplicate yourself. You're, you're going to be able to expand. And, and not only that, fruit, trees don't grow fruit for themselves, do they? Matter of fact, trees, if you don't pick the fruit, they'll drop it on the ground for you. I got a, I got a little Spanish plum tree in my front yard. If I don't get those plums off in time, it's like, Dave, here, I'll throw them on the ground for you. Why? So in other words, you're going to be able to be a blessing to others, and then everything you, you're going to do is going to prosper, okay? See how metaphors work, that, that we can we can say, we can can say compare things to something else and all of a sudden have a greater understanding of what God's doing. The Bible says the hidden things of God are made known by that which we can see. So if you want to understand God more, say, well, I, I need to listen to about 50 sermons to understand God. No, you want to understand God more. Go sit out here and spend about an hour and just watch watch his creation. And if you if you'll observe, the hidden qualities of God are made known by all of his creation. Because God compares everything that we have, like likens it to himself in some way. Okay. So, all right, where did I leave, Chris? Where did I leave? Psalm 23? Oh, by the guitar. Okay. So let's get back to Psalm 23. So the Lord is my shepherd. He's he's my shepherd. That means I'm a sheep. I ain't gonna want another shepherd. I'm 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 perfectly happy with him. I'm not going to try to substitute him with anything else. He makes me to lie down in green pasture. So if a pasture is green, if a pasture is green, what does that mean? It, well, it has water. It's being watered. But if, if, if
1: <laughs> it's not North
0: Texas during the summertime, that's for sure. It's full of life. It's full of life. So he's going to lead you to a place that's teeming with life and nutrients. A good shepherd is not going to lead his sheep to a bunch of brown, dead grass. Why? Because there's no sustenance there. It's, there's nothing there that's going to be able to feed him. And so, so he's going to lead you to a place that's full of life and full of, 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 of nutrients and things that you can prosper from. Uh, the Bible says... In Hebrews chapter 4, for the word of God is living and powerful. That's why he's going to lead you right back to his word. Why? Because it is a living green pasture. Uh, you're going to be able to get all the sustenance you need. It says, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. Now, just kind of put that in your pocket, okay? I want everyone to put that division of soul and spirit in your pocket. And we're going to get it back out here in a second, okay? Okay. So the Bible is alive, his word is alive, it's living, and it's so powerful that it can help you separate spirit from soul. Say, well, what does that mean? We'll get to it in a second, okay? Just make sure you put it in your mental pocket, okay? Because we are trying to get to a restored soul in this lesson. So let's get back here. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He's my my shepherd. I ain't going to want another shepherd. I'm a sheep, he's going to lead me to a place in his word where I can just, I can get all the sustenance I need. Now, remember, if you understand sheep, you can understand how he's going to operate with you in this restoration process. Sheep will never lie down in a pasture until they have eaten their fill. So if sheep are lying down in a green pasture, that means that they have eaten until their bellies are full. So if, if, you are, if he's going to bring you to a place where you are lying down in, in an incredible life-giving pla- a, a, a word and place in your life, that means that he has brought you into a place of rest to where you are able to get all the sustenance you need. Now when they lie down, y'all excuse my voice, I promise I sound a lot worse than I, than I feel. I feel really good. Uh, I just sound like uh, I'm, my voice is changing or whatever, so... Sound like I'm 13 years old again. Uh, so when you lie down, there's something that sheep do after they've eaten till their bellies are full. They lie down, and they do the word. The official word, the high dollar word, would be they masticate. Masticate. Mama says you better spell it. Masticate. Now, what does that mean? <laughs> right. Now, now my wife sits here every Sunday looking absolutely beautiful and put well, just refined and elegant, but don't let that fool you. She's, a, she's, an old, she's an old farm girl, grew up on the farm just south of Waco. Matter of fact, my father-in-law is probably already out in the field today, and he's down there about 20 miles south of Waco, and he grows wheat, he grows hay, he grows corn, uh, sometimes alfalfa. Just all kind of stuff. Oats. And he also raises some cattle. So Julie is well aware of animals that masticate. But if you go talk to her, she ain't going to use that high dollar word. She's going to use a word or a phrase called chewing the cud. Y'all know what I mean? You ever seen like a sheep or a goat or a cow just chewing on? It looks like they're chewing gum out there in the middle of the field. Well, what are they doing? Well, with sheep. They eat as much as they can. Ah, and then they lie down into a place of rest. Isn't that wonderful if God could bring you to a place of rest? You know, your world may be falling falling apart all around you, and all of a sudden, ah, there you are, just resting. And what are you doing? You start chewing the cud. In other words, you eat, then it's going to come back up, and you're going to chew on it some more. And then you're going to swallow, and then it's going to come back up, And you're going to chew on it some more and say, well, that's really gross and sick. Well, what's happening? Well, the way that God created sheep and cows and goats and all that is they will will swallow and they'll burp it right back up, chew on it. Why? Because they're going to grind it and they're going to pulverize it and get every ounce of nutrition that they can out of that green, life-giving grass. So what God's going to do, he's a good shepherd. He's going to lead you to some incredible green places, alive places in his word. You're going to get to chew as much as you can, digest it, whether it's a scripture here, a chapter there, whatever it is, and you're going to get it. And you're going to rest, and you're going to think about it, and then you think, okay, I got that. I'm going to move on. Nope, he's going to bring you right back to it so that you can get every revelation, every truth that you need to out of that word. It's going to come back up. You'll think that you're over a certain thing in your life, and all of a sudden, here you go, revisiting again. Don't don't be upset about it. Be thankful. Why? Because God's got you chewing the cud. He's got you masticating. Did you know that the word masticate, the root word is meditate? And on, blessed is the man who loves thy law, And on your law, he will chew on it day and night. He will meditate. He'll think about it. He'll ponder it. You'll get a word. You'll think about it in the car. You'll try to put it away when you get to work. You sit down at your desk. You're still thinking about it. You're still pondering on it. Why? Because you're going to get every bit of truth and life-giving sustenance that you can out of that word. Why? Because he's a good shepherd. He's, he's gonna, not going to lead you to a place of death and destruction. He's going to lead you to a place of sustenance that you can meditate on it and think about it. and get all the nutrients you need. He leads me beside still waters. Anyone ever heard the term still waters run deep? that old phrase. It's actually true. Uh, if we were to go out on the walking trail back here, if you notice where you can see part of the Trinity River running through, there'll be places where the water looks a little bit more rapidish and fast, and it, well, that's shallow water. There's a lot of rocks and twigs and probably some trash <laughs> that uh, the water's got to get over, and so it's rushing through quicker, and then all of a sudden you don't see the river a little bit because of the brush, and then you'll turn the corner about a hundred yards down, and there. There's the river again, but it's moving nice and slow. Well, what has happened? Somewhere within that 100 yards, the water got a little deeper, probably a little more sandy, a little bit more smoother. Now, all of a sudden, the water is running nice and slow, and it's deep. So, if you ever seen nice, slow-moving water on a river? It's running deep. Well, it says that he's going to lead me beside still waters. There is a depth that God will take you. And what was water indicative of? Spirit. Oh, he leads me to a place in the spirit that's depth. There's depth, and it's peaceful. It's still. He's not going to lead me to a place that's full of drama, that's going to that's gonna be uh, uh, you know, full of anxiety. No, 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 no. He's a good shepherd. Do you realize sheep, because of the way that their nose is shaped, it's, it, it points a little bit more down and is a little bit closer to their lips. If sheep try to drink from turbulent waters, they'll choke. So a good shepherd is not going to lead you to a place it's full of drama and turbulence. A good shepherd's going to take you to a place in the spirit where you can, ha, ah, it's peaceful. Man, there's some depth here, Lord. I can grow here. Well, this pasture sure is green. It sure is full of life. Not only that, it's so peaceful here. I can lie down now, get to a place of rest. You may be busy like crazy, but oh, inside you're you're full of rest, full of peace, and I'm meditating. I'm thinking about it. Well, I thought I was ready to put that word aside, but now all of a sudden here it comes right back up and I'm thinking about it some more. Why? Because he's a good shepherd. He's a good shepherd. All right, y'all still with me? Anyone bored yet? I'm trying real hard, trying real hard to bore you. All right, you ready? Finally, he restores my soul. That's the issue. We're trying to get to a place of restoration. So he's going to go through all this stuff. Real quick, let's just kind of backtrack for a second. He's my shepherd. That means I'm a sheep. I ain't going to want no other shepherd. I'm not going to depend on my bank account. I'm not going to depend on my spouse. I'm not going to depend on other relationships. I'm not going to depend on my career. He's my shepherd. He's leading me. He's the one that I trust. All my faith and trust is in him. And I'm not going to want for anything else. And and he's going to lead me to a place of green, green pastures. He's going to let me uh, chew and meditate on his word so that I can be blessed. I'm going to be like a man planted by a river of spirit. And he's going to lead me to a deep place in that spirit that's calm, that I'm not going to have to worry about drama. I'm, I'm going to be, be able to actually get some rest and process things. And then finally, he's going to restore or renew my soul. The word soul, the root word of soul is "suke." "Suke." it's where we get psyche, psychiatric, psycho. In, in other words, that which pertains to the mind or your will. He wants to restore your mind. That's where restoration really begins. If he can get you to think differently, there can be transformation. He's going to allow his word. That's why he's going to take you to a place of green pastures. Why? Because the word is alive, and it helps you separate your spirit from the soul, from your mind. You're going to have to differentiate where did that thought come from? Did it come from a place in the spirit, or did it come from my crazy mind that's all messed up? Where's this anxiety coming from? Is it coming from the Lord? No, 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 my shepherd brings me to still waters, so it must be coming from my mind. Oh, i got to renew my mind. i got to think some new thoughts. i got to think some new thoughts. Already we're going to barrage you a little bit with scriptures about thoughts here. Why does he wants to re- want to renew your mind? Because that's where real transformation comes from. And do not be conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed by your prayer life. No. Be transformed by your church attendance. No. Nope. Be transformed by how many scriptures you read a day. Be transformed by how much you get to volunteer for the church. No. Nope. Be transformed by the restoring or the renewing of your suke. If you want real transformation in your life, you got to let him allow you to think differently. You want some new things to happen in your life, you got to have some new thoughts come in. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, your suke, that you may be, uh, prove what is good and uh, that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How about this one, Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Are you full of anxiety? Well, your life's going to be full of anxiety. Are you thinking thoughts about uh, depression? Well, your life's going to be pretty depressing. Are you thinking thoughts about blessings, about love? Well, your life's going to be full of blessings and love. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So as your suke processes, that's how you're going to be. That's why he wants to restore and renew your mind. Last week we learned that God wants to put us back together, that we can, we can pray a prayer, remember me. And he said, oh, hey, you're going to be right there in paradise or in the kingdom right there with me, brother. So, so we can get to a place where God begins to restore our mind. Matthew 16, 26, for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own suke? Loses his own will, his own desires. This society is so built on oh, I got to achieve this. I got to reach this goal. I got to make this much money. I got to have this kind of house. Got to have this kind of car, have this kind of family, do these kind of achievements, and then I can have peace. No, no, what is going to profit you if you gain all that stuff, but then you've lost your will. You've lost your mind. You've lost your ability to reason properly. Now all of a sudden, those things own you. It's not so much that you own these things, they begin to own you. Says, or what will a man give in exchange for his own suke, his own soul, his own mind? Here's the solution to it. Matthew six thirty three, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Remember last week, what did we say that the kingdom of God was? Kingdom of God is not about rules and regulations, but it's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Where did we say the Holy Spirit was? In us. So the kingdom of God is in us. So in other words, don't worry about all these achievements. Don't worry about all these uh, terrestrial things. But go go within. Why? Because Jesus said, hey, I'll meet you there in paradise. I'm going to be right there. Seek that first. All these other, all these other trappings, they'll, they'll be added to you. But, but you won't lose your mind over it. Why? Because you'll be in a place of rightedness, righteousness. Everyone still here? We're almost wrapping up. Everyone still with me? Are you bored yet? I'm trying real hard. I'm trying real hard to bore you. 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, casting down all arguments or thoughts or debates and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We're talking about suke business here. Knowledge. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's what God's trying to do. He's just trying to captivate all these crazy, wild thoughts. Have you ever thought about that? Say, you know what? I could. I think my life would be okay if I just wouldn't have all these insane thoughts. You ever done that? You ever had a full-on argument with somebody, but you haven't even spoken to them in two weeks? And you've, like, fought with them six times in those two weeks? All up here? Say, well, I deal with anxiety. Man, I know that's real. That feels real. But where does anxiety take place? Did you bring it with you? Is it in your pocket? Did you hide it behind the stage? Is it under your seat? No, it's all up here. Fear. Fear. Doubt. Worry. All the things that we battle are all up here. That's why God said, look, look. We'll, we'll, we'll deal with everything else, but the first thing I want to do is restore your mind. I want to give you your thoughts back and your will, and your desire, so that your will will line up with my will. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. Woo! Thank God for that. So I don't know, I'm pretty scared of God. I'm pretty scared of all the church. No, 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 no. God hadn't given us the spirit of fear. But what has he given us? He's given us power and love and a sound suke, a sound mind, a sound soul. Why? Because he's restoring it. He's making all things new. I love this. You will keep him in perfect peace. Why is God going to keep you in perfect peace? Because he's the perfect shepherd. He's my shepherd. I ain't going to want for nothing. He's going to lead me beside uh, into green pastures that I can lay down. He's going to lead me beside still waters. And he's going to restore my mind. He's going to keep me in perfect peace whose suke, minds, are stayed on him. On thy law I will meditate, I will chew on it day and night. I'm going to keep my mind on you. I'll be at work, but I'll be thinking about you. I'll be at home watching the game, not the right game, because the real game's ended last night, unfortunately, Lord. You didn't come through for that prayer. We'll talk about it later. But I'll be at home watching the game, but I'm also thinking about you. I'll be talking with my spouse, but I'll be thinking about you. I'll be laying down, but I'll be thinking about you. Why? Because I want my suke to be chewing on your word day and night. Because he trusts you. You can trust God. You can trust God. Let's all stand. As Jacob comes, he's going to lead us in one more song. But I'm telling you, we have such a good God that he wants to restore us as a community, restore us as a family. Say, oh, I'm, not, I'm, I'm just not getting along with my spouse. Maybe it's because your thoughts are all, are all dwelling on the things that you're upset about. Maybe the Lord wants to restore your mind so you can start looking at her in a, in a new way and start focusing on the things that are a blessing about her or focusing on the, all the things that maybe he does do right. If you change your thoughts, your whole life begins to change. Say, I need this situation to change. No, 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 no. God may have you in that situation for a certain reason. Your perception of that situation needs to change. Your thoughts need to shift He wants to restore, renew your mind. We're going to pray, and if you need prayer for anything, I want you to join me on the side of the stage. I would love to pray over you, and, and just pray over your mind, pray over your thoughts. Say, I can't control my thoughts. Well, the good thing about it is you are not your thoughts. Your thoughts are just merely things. You're the one who realizes that you're thinking. That's the real you. You're not a human having a spiritual encounter. You're actually a spirit having a temporary human encounter. So your thoughts are not you. That old adage, I think, therefore I am. No, it really should be, I'm aware that I'm thinking, therefore I am. Because you can change your thoughts through the power of God. The Holy Spirit can renew your mind. Let's pray. We're going to sing while we sing. If you need prayer, come meet me in the corner. Father, I thank you so much because you are a God who loves us so much that you want to restore us. You want to give us life. You want want to bring us back into a place with you that we are so much like you, so much like Christ, that everywhere we go, we just remind folks of who you are. Father, we bring our brokenness to you, and we just say put us back together. Renew our minds. This week, help us to think your thoughts. Help us to set aside our fears, our anxieties, our doubts, our worries. And think your thoughts that the word demonstrates to us. We praise you. In Jesus' name, everyone say amen. Let's worship one more time as a family.